Hi, I'm Arianna Raji Lee, and welcome to the Passion Mama podcast. Each episode, I interview a guest about modern motherhood to address its challenges, but more importantly, to celebrate its opportunities. From prenatal experts to postnatal health specialists, nutritionists, mums, and mums to be, I ask them to share their insights and stories with us. Welcome to Passion Mama in Conversation. Welcome to another episode of Passion Mama in Conversation. This week, I'm joined by Ali Reconati, who is co-founder and head of marketing and brand at Farmer J, a quick service, healthy eating chain of restaurants in London. She also happens to be my best friend. Let's start by setting the scene a little bit. Al, you're 31. You and your husband both own and run a successful restaurant business. This is your first pregnancy. You're seven months along with twins, and we're currently going through a global pandemic. Probably the most ridiculous question to be asking you right now, but how are you? I'm okay, you know. Um, it's definitely gone through ups and downs, and some days are way better than others. Today was a good day. Um, but uh, yeah, some days are definitely better than others. It's been a roller coaster, I think, as it has for everyone, regardless of whether they're pregnant or not, you know? Um, I think the difference is, is when you're pregnant, you're just a bit more sensitive and emotional. So uh, yeah, a roller coaster, but I'm okay, doing okay. Good, I'm really glad to hear that. And I guess part of that roller coaster is probably due to the fact that I guess so many of the hard questions about the virus and pregnancy is that no one really knows, even though there is no evidence to suggest that there's an increased risk to, to pregnant ladies, everything is just precautionary. So how, how are you coping with that? And how, I guess, how precautious are you being? So I, as you know, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. So this for me is a disaster, but I, I have been having some really good frank conversations with my obstetrician which I think has helped me calm down a bit with the pregnancy and the COVID. I think the one of the, you just get quite fearful of all of the things that you would never obviously even think of, like, can your partner be in the room with you when you give birth? Is your, um, are your babies going to get Corona after you give birth? And then my, one of my biggest fears is actually, is your husband going to get it? Um, because that wouldn't be great either. So it's, or am I going to get it? So one of the things I've spoken to my doctor about is if I get it, worst case scenario, what happens? Basically, they have to, you know, cut out the babies from you while, you while you're under and while you've got corona. So I think if you get the answers to all these questions, which I have got, and now I've got a plan, if worst case scenario happens, I'm a little bit calmer. Um, but I think there are so many unanswered questions. And because it's in well mine's in six with seven six seven weeks now we don't know what the situation's going to be then um we just you just take each day as it comes and see what's going to happen i guess yeah so it sounds like i guess having as much information as possible has helped i guess level the expectations a little bit right and made you feel a little bit more in control of worst case scenario a hundred percent i think I think the, the information that's coming out about pregnancy and corona is uh, as positive as it can be, that women who are pregnant aren't more affected. That said, 
I have spoken to my doctor and he said there are several cases where your immune system is suppressed when you're pregnant. So if you get it and, and your body reacts badly, um, there are things that you can do, which means, you know, your babies will be okay and you'll be okay. So I think it's, it's knowing that has calmed me down um, and getting, yeah, as you said, as much information as possible. But it's also, I think one of the things you learn being pregnant is you have no control on anything. That's one of the things that I've had to learn is whatever's happening to my body, I have no control on it. And now the corona situation, I have no control on that. So it's just another thing that you just kind of have to take each day as it comes and, and hope for the best. That's really interesting. Would you mind explaining, like, give an example of, you know, what you didn't have control over with your body, for example, and how you've, you've been able like, to just deal with that? Yeah, I think the, it's particularly the first trimester when you're, you have these, you know, normal plans to go into the office and have a very productive day and then you wake up and you're throwing up or you wake up and you are too tired to get out of bed. Um, that for me was a big shock of like having no control on how I'm going to feel each day. And then I think second trimester, your body's growing. And then you just have to, what, what I did was I just let go of that control where you just embrace it and always remember you're pregnant. You're not just becoming obese and you just, you know, enjoy, yeah. enjoy the bump. Um, and then I think in the third trimester for me now, it's, I'm just very tired because I think it's with twins, you're slightly, you feel like you're further along in the pregnancy. So I'm just embracing the tiredness and napping all the time. So I think you just have no control on how you're feeling, what you look like. And so you just got to roll with it. And I guess, I guess, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing that you, you are able to do that. And I guess it probably also like helps you prepare for when the babies do come again, you're not going to have much control over, you know, how much they're going to need to feed and how well or not well they sleep and all that sort of stuff. So actually it sounds like it, if anything, silver lining here, you, you, you're being prepared, you're preparing yourself for uncontrollable situations, which I guess a lot of, a lot of that is parenthood anyway. I guess, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, you definitely, you know, and we, you're, you're totally right. We have absolutely no idea what it's going to be like when the babies come. Yeah. Um, uh, it's going to be a whole new, you know, whole new world. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned before that you, you're, you know, you're worried, you know, what happens if your husband gets it? Um, I guess that is he, he still going out and about is he still going to work is are you are you letting him i mean i've heard stories about you know pregnant women who've just like locked their husbands in a room because they don't want their husbands to go out contract it and then bring it back into the house like how how flexible i guess are you guys being <laughs> uh not very flexible i um which isn't going down very well because obviously we are we're still, we're, we're not operating as a restaurant, but we've, we're now operating as a grocery online business and we're also doing meals and stuff for the NHS. So Jonathan is desperate to go in and show his face and, and say hello and be a good, you know, head of the business. I get it. But I, uh, uh, it's, it's weird. I'm less fearful of him coming and giving it to me. I'm actually more fearful of what's happened to Boris, you know, and him ending up in hospital. I just wouldn't be able to handle it. That would be one thing too many for me. Yeah, but I mean, as in for Boris's fiance, who's also pregnant, as in like you experiencing that, having a husband just go into hospital. Yeah, too much. That I can't deal with. 
Um, so I want to avoid that right now. Um, so I'm not letting him go in. Um, and when he does leave the house, it's, you know, full gloves, mask, all the PPE I could get my hands on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, when, and, when, and when you go out, because obviously I guess you need to have regular doctor's visits, right? How regular are those and how are you getting around and, you know, how do you feel about going out? So that's for the having twins has been, this has been, a, you know, a bit slightly more stressful, I'd say, than a, a normal pregnancy because I have to have a scan every two weeks and I uh, see my obstetrician every 10 days almost just to check in because there's more complications now with twins. Um, so that's been, when I first went for the scan during this, I was so nervous because, you know, it's a place where lots of people are um, and it just made me feel very unsettled, I guess, to be there. And then another thing happened where for us, the professor who was doing my scans, because it's quite a complicated pregnancy with twins, he is in the high risk category. So he had to self-isolate from, from the a moment the government suggested it. So I couldn't see him anymore. I think that that moment was very upsetting for me because it just really hit home that this situation is not normal and I was always already dealing with quite a lot of stress with a high-risk pregnancy and anyway it's all fine now I have a new consultant who's brilliant but I think every time I go for a scan I do get quite nervous um leaving the house anyway but going for a scan is quite nerve-wracking because you, I feel like when you go into a medical environment now or me you're just more likely to catch it. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, every time like I go to a hospital to, I don't know, like I remember like going to visit my father or, you know, my grandmother, I actually feel like hospitals are more unhygienic. Like I, I feel like I could catch something there. So I, I don't think that that's weird at all to think that the hospitals are hotbeds for catching viruses and, and the spread of stuff. Yeah, and, and you just get nervous being around I don't know about you, but every time now I go outside, um, I look at everyone and be like, have they got it? Are they going to give it to me? Are you got it? You know, and if, and if it's just, it's so bizarre to watch people's, you know, uh, behavior around each other. So when you're walking, everyone just, you know, is so nervous of each other. I really wonder when that's going to go back to normal. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely am nervous walking around. I'm definitely nervous of, um, leaving the house for the scans and and actually I'm nervous of the birth because I feel like that's the time I'm more most likely to get it is when I give birth um but as I said there's nothing I can do so you just have to go with it you know yeah I mean that's a lot easier said than done sometimes um let's move on a little bit and uh talk about I guess your living situation because until recently you're actually staying at a friend's place because your your home was being redone. Um, like thankfully, obviously, you've now been able to move back into your house. But there was a time that, you know, not surprisingly, it was causing you a lot of anxiety. Babies on the way, potentially no house to move into. Some of the, you know, what there was worry that some of the baby products wouldn't be delivered, like their cots and stuff. Did thankfully that's all now been resolved. But at the time, like, did you have a backup plan if things weren't going to be ready? Yeah, that, that's, I think that was the worst bit for me, to be honest, because 
obviously I know when you're pregnant, there's this desire to nest. For me, it was actually just, I need to get home because otherwise I don't know where I'm going to end up giving birth to these babies. And amazingly, our, uh, our friends who um, went to Ireland during the beginning of the lockdown said, stay at theirs. So we did. Um, but I knew in my heart, I couldn't give birth to these twins in their flat um, <laughs> because that's kind of bizarre and <laughs> strange if they came home and suddenly there's, you know, a set of twins, me and Jonathan, we've probably, you know, taken over. Um, so that was a real, real panic for me. And I think it was accompanied by the fact that my uh, parents who are in London, my father is not very well. So the option of going to my parents' house was never an option, um, which made it more stressful. So, and I'm someone who likes solutions. If I have a solution, I'm calm. Um, so it was like this anxiety of, my God, this whole situation is so far from being ideal. And then it was actually, oh my, where the, I'm not gonna swear, but where the hell are we gonna live, you know? Um, so I think, and it was, it was the beginning of the lockdown when nobody knew what was going on. So the, our builders basically were like, we're going to stop work anytime now in the middle of the, in the middle of it. Um, and every day it was like thankful that they carried on. Um, and we just didn't really know what we were going to do, to be honest. That was, that was a terrible week because, and, and all the uh, baby companies were stopping deliveries um and <laughs> i had yeah, bought I, you're like i'm not going to swear yeah. you're pretty entitled to swear at this point i mean jesus that sounds let me say it fucking horrendous <laughs> yeah it was fucking awful um that was bad and it also you know like you know me i'm someone who likes to plan i like having particularly for babies coming i wanted to have this perfect situation with all of their stuff ready their room ready um especially as there's two of them and I was having a situation where I was like fighting with someone on the phone, desperately trying to get a cot to our house, um, even though I didn't know where to deliver it to because I didn't know where I was going to be. Um, but then I think as it continued and when, when they put in the measures for the lockdown and our builders basically could get the house to a point where it was livable, um, I calmed down quite a lot. I think not having somewhere to live during this, when they kept telling everyone to stay inside in your house, and I didn't have a house was, uh, yeah, I wasn't happy. That wasn't great. Yeah. Um, so was there something specific that you did to change the way you felt on your perspective on things? Or was it simply that everything just happened to fall into place? No. So I got, it got quite bad to a point where I just wasn't sleeping. It was, I'd say maybe four weeks ago. I don't know, four weeks, maybe three or four weeks ago, where I just wasn't sleeping at all. I'd be awake all night and then I'd cry all day because I just had no control of the situation. Um, so I actually ended up speaking to a therapist on the phone because I just didn't know what to do. And I, it was this anxiety that was coming over me where it would hit me at like four o'clock, no, later. It was after the bloody news briefing that I'd watch. And then it would be like, oh my God, and you know, I just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't sleep. So I spoke to this therapist who really actually calmed me down and made me, he's the one who told me that I'm a solution driven person. And actually there's no solution for this exact situation. But there was one solution where 
there was somewhere we could potentially have lived and it wasn't going to be perfect but there was a solution there which did once I spoke about it and and understood you know you either have a solution or you I don't remember the other thing he said but you either you know emotionally like calm down basically and I just decided to like same as pregnancy I just decided to let go at that point because there was nothing I could do so that really helped and then I guess getting closer and closer towards being able to move back in obviously helped me quite a lot as well. Yeah, gosh, I mean, you're just so, I have so much admiration for you. I can't even imagine what you went through and how positive and much more, you know, upbeat you are now and how you were just able to just accept it and, and, as you said, just let go of the situation. So, you know, fucking kudos. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I knew I wasn't going to be homeless. Like I knew there was no situation where I was going to be homeless, but where that's what, that's how I decided I was going to let go. Like I knew I could come and live with you. I could, you know, there was, there was, there was options there that weren't perfect, but there were options there that meant I wasn't going to be homeless. So I think once I just accepted that and, you know nothing was nothing was going to be perfect but you just yeah you've got to be like you know with this whole situation i think positivity is so key um otherwise you end up becoming depressed yeah you know? and is it fair to say that obviously a lot of that stress given that you and your husband work for the same company that you've built yourselves and being in the restaurant industry you had to you had to close this added stress of you know the financial burden and also the responsibility that you had for your employees and stuff that you had to kind of let go or you know furlough but there was a shift in terms of you you then and we'll I'd like to talk about this now talk about how Farmer J are you know you, you almost threw yourself into work because you, you you pivoted you pivoted the business to to kind of support people by providing access to food yeah that really helped actually I mean Jonathan I've got to say through the whole crisis has been a superstar. I at the beginning was not because I think I was so stressed and then uh, let him take the reins on that. But then as soon as we basically decided, do you know what, let's start selling groceries. That's when I decided to just go back into work and complete work mode and kind of ignore what was going on with coronavirus and being pregnant. And we basically just worked full days on it. And that really helped me and my, my mental state um, to just focus on something else and focus on something really important. And I think once we decided to pivot the business, which listen, this, this the, what we're doing is we're selling farm boxes and groceries and, and we're also doing meals for the NHS, which is you know as much as we can do. Um, I think it's, it's obviously not going to be the business in the long run, um, in terms of the groceries, but it's definitely, you know, we're definitely still doing something, which I think has helped both of us just make sure that the brand stays alive and also that we are still relevant and that also we are actually trying to do something to help the food supply. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, it's, that really helped actually having that. And Jonathan, I would say, has been, you know, totally on top of it, I would say. Good. Well, I wouldn't have expected anything less from him. He's incredible. Um, would you say that, we, well, you know, we, we, we touched on this in a separate conversation that you and I had, and I, I thought maybe we could talk about it here a little bit. The pressures of pregnancy are 
you know, sometimes astronomical, it seems like. Um, obviously, I don't have first-hand experience here, but I guess, you know, virus or no virus, pandemic or no pandemic, you know, being pregnant these days can be extremely, extremely tough with, I guess, the social pressures and the constant comparisons between real-life pregnancy and that of what we see online. Now, you've obviously got a massive Instagram following and engagement with your community. Have you found that being pregnant um, has changed your behavior or I guess perspective when it comes to consuming information online like that? Yeah, I, I definitely. I think there's certain people you follow um, who are, for me, well, certain pregnant people I follow, who particularly I would say three weeks ago were having, following them was having a really negative effect on how I felt. Um, watching them nest, I mean, they're totally out to do this. This is like not, not against them, but watching them nest and everything was perfect and they were at home and they were just having this wonderful pregnancy and you know, how great was self-isolation and whatever. Um, and making the whole, the whole pandemic and pregnancy situation actually seem perfect and everything was fine um whereas that is not the reality for most women and if it is for, for you for if you're a pregnant person fantastic like i'm i hope everyone has a perfect happy pregnancy but you know for anyone i've known to be pregnant and myself it isn't happy and wonderful 100 percent of the time it's just not particularly during a pandemic um so i think what i decided to do was unfollow a lot of these people during that time because it was making me feel so shit. I think you just have to, for me, be really conscious of who you're following and why you're looking at this content. If it's making you feel like shit, just stop watching it, is, is what I've told myself now. Because there's just no point. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about social media, I think, and being pregnant. Because it's, it's very difficult to follow people who are really real about it. And I try, and I'm quite conscious of not posting and i'm not posting that much about being pregnant mainly because i'm asleep the whole time but um <laughs> i mean i was gonna say you know you've actually not you've actually not posted much about your pregnancy at all yeah. uh, and is that because you think i'm not going to post anything because it's not perfect or did you not post anything because you're like i just feel like shit and i can't be bothered yeah it's a bit of both you know it's a bit of both it's also like I think I, I, because it was quite a high risk pregnancy, I'm still, jo Jonathan is more than I am, but he's very, you know, like superstitious about what's going to happen even now because it's twins and, and, and we just, I think until they come out, we still don't know. So I think part of it is I'm quite superstitious and I don't want to overshare about the pregnancy. Second thing is I can't be bothered. And if, you know, I, maybe I should post really the reality of what I genuinely look like right now. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, uh, but I also, I think it's just laziness to be honest. Um, and there's too much to almost too much going on to, to post. I'm almost too consumed with posting on the farmer J that I am with this one, you know? And is there, is there a point throughout your pregnancy? I don't know if you've reached it yet or not, but I've heard of this kind of tipping point where you shift from, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm a pregnant woman to, 
I'm a mother, I'm a mother-to-be. Is, have you experienced that? Is, some, is that something that you've heard of before, that sort of tipping point? Are you going through that now? Are you expecting to? Where are you in that sort of shift? That's a good question. Um, I'm not there yet. I think the reality of becoming a mum or mommy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that what the girls are going to call you? Yeah, or mama. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> mommy, mama. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, I haven't got there yet. I think the closer I get to the due date or the delivery date, even, um, the more I do feel like I'm going to be a mum. But I also, at this point, still haven't quite, it's still not real yet, um, which I don't know if that happens with other women, but it's still just, it's still like I'm living in this bubble of like, oh, I'm just got this belly and it's just going to keep growing and then, and then I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I definitely haven't reached the tipping point yet, but I'm, I am feeling like I get, I'm getting a little closer to it. So, you know. Yesterday, I told Jonathan, you know, I'm the mommy. I don't know why I'm telling you that. <laughs> well, I, I, always, I always don't want to ask what context that was in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even remember. Um, anyway, yeah. So, so I think it's, it, it, I'll get there. I do, I do assume that before they come out of me, I'll feel more like a mum. But um, I definitely, there is a sense of, I think, with the coronavirus that I am protective of these two you know humans in my stomach that i i already have the feeling of i don't want anything to happen to them when they come out so i guess that's starting to feel like a mother because that's i assume how a mother feels um you know i don't know <laughs> i don't know either <laughs> I, I like the things in my stomach you know i like them let's let's keep of them course, safe. Of course. um yeah yeah so i think i think i'll get there but i think for me, I assume I'll truly feel like a mother when I'm handed these babies. Because um, right now it's just still not real. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I've got one last question for you. Um, to anyone who's listening who is pregnant and stuck at home, maybe a little scared, maybe a little bit anxious about the current situation and their kind of birth plan, what, is there any advice that you can give them to help, help them be less so? I think the best piece of advice I could give anyone pregnant is to, a couple of things. First of all, what really helped me was watch less news. Stop watching news so much, because it just breeds anxiety. If you're really anxious about corona you know watch it once a day if that maybe you know once every other day because it doesn't help with anxiety um i think get as much information as possible about the birth um second thing and then i think the third thing is try and just let go if you can because unfortunately at this moment in time we have no control on what's going to happen to us uh whether that means, you know, our husbands can come into the room or whatever it is. So I think it's just let go of, of the control and, and just focus on the positive that actually, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to be at home anyway with the baby when they first come out. This is something I think about all the time. So if anything, look at, try and look at the positives of this horrible situation. That's really 
pretty sound advice. Thank you so much, Al. Um, pleasure talking to you, darling. Um, I'm going to link to the Farmer J um, farm boxes um, in the description of the episodes. People can kind of log in and see what you've got on do some ordering. But thank you so much. I love you. Love you. Bye.